The views and opinions expressed on My Story Living with Lupus podcast are each individual's experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. for joining me for another episode of my story living with lupus i'm your host susan hendricks on today's episode i'll be discussing the quality of life so you know what to do grab your cup of coffee your cup of tea and if you're listening late at night Grab your favorite glass of wine and join me right here on my story, Living with Lupus. Abundant Harvest Aquaponics planting seeds to grow food and creating opportunities for people and families. You can contact this nonprofit organization at www.abundantharvestaquaponics.org. The quality of life. This subject has many dimensions to it. Yours and mine most definitely will be different. It is not a one-size-fits-all answer. But when you're dealing with a chronic illness, your doctor may or may not have stated to you, our plan is to keep you comfortable so that you may have or maintain a good quality of life. Now, this last statement has been told to me several times. And most recently, the other day, I received a call from my PCP. And I had went to the hospital for an ultrasound of my liver. This is how the call went. Susan, yes, this is Dr. ABC. Yes, I received your results back from your ultrasound. You have a new situation. My reply, What is it now? They seen some type of growth on your pancreas. My reply, you sent me for an ultrasound of my liver because I'm having problems with my liver. What are the results? on my liver. The doctor stated, that has not come in yet. I stated, could there be an error with what was seen and they took the pancreas for my liver? I don't know, the doctor stated, I have to find out and get back with you. But you know that our plan is to make sure that you're comfortable so that you may have or maintain a good quality of life. I said, what is your definition 
of a good quality of life. He got silent. Secondly, I stated, I need to know the results about my liver. He stated, did you hear what I said? We have a new situation dealing with your pancreas. I said, yes, I heard that. But I'm stating to you, what about my liver? So, prior to this, I became ill. I was in pain in the upper right quadrant. And um, it was a situation where I was throwing up. And things had gotten pretty bad. And my sister came in my room and said, do you want to go to the hospital? I said, right now with the way my body is, I'm throwing up and I'm going to the bathroom all at the same time. She said, what do you, did you have to eat? And I told her, I said, um, I made myself a salad. And she said, what else did you have? And I said, a few crackers. But I said, I'm having pain in the upper right quadrant. I called the doctor. She called the doctor, rather. Didn't I receive a return phone call back until I got the call regarding the results of my ultrasound? So, I went into the office today, which is Thursday. And he stated again, he's still waiting on the results to see if an error was done. But we have to deal with the situation with what they seen a growth on your pancreas. And it's a possibility that you may have to have exploratory surgery to see exactly what is going on. And my reply to him was, until we, number one, find out what the results was for my liver, I'm not going to do anything. Number two, if the ultrasound was read incorrectly, you need to find that out. And number three, if you don't find it out, I will request another ultrasound of my liver. Then after that, my pancreas. And he said, well, yeah, you're right. I said, I know I'm right. I said, what they could have saw could have been a cyst or anything. But to tell me that I have a growth on my pancreas and you sent me for an ultrasound of my liver is kind of ludicrous to me. Or did they read someone else's ultrasound and mistakenly put the results on my report. And far as you stating that your plan and all of my physician's plans are to make sure that I am comfortable so that I may have or maintain a good quality of life, you can't explain what 
you deem quality of life for me. And I explained to him, you can't group me in a one size fits all answer. Each individual is different because you have to take in the culture. You have to take in the religious beliefs and the individual's value on life before you tell me that. And he said, you're right. I cannot fit you until one size fits all answer. So I will find out what those results are and I will get back to you. I said, when will you get back with me? I said, because we're coming up on um, Easter and Good Friday. So I know it won't be um, tomorrow, which is Friday. And I said, do I, can I plan to hear from you, I should say, by Tuesday or next week? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, I'll plan on that. And if I don't hear from you, believe me, I will contact you. Because, as I've told you before, you're dealing with with my health and what I deem to be the quality of my life. And he said, I could not argue with you on that. And I said, I know you can't. So, this subject, as I stated before, has many dimensions to it. What the medical society, by their definition, quality of life may mean there has been increasing interest in incorporating the concept of quality of life in the evaluation of medical interventions. The lack of a general definition which can function as a basis for the scientific evaluation of medical treatment is, however, a problem. The definition proposed contains three main factors, subjective well-being, health, and welfare. Subjective well-being is the central component in the evaluation of quality of life, referring to the individual's perception of his life situation. Health is a subjective as well as objective evaluation of physical and mental status, while welfare reflects the objective environmental factors. Thus, the evaluation of quality of life in medicine should ideally address these three main factors. Although the importance of any particular component may vary, subjective well-being and health should always be included. Premio Handmade Gemstone Bracelets carries an array of men's and women's bracelets along with a line of lupus awareness and cancer awareness gemstone bracelets. You can follow them on Facebook or Visit their store at Etsy.com or their website at www.premiobracelets.com. That's P-R-E-M-I-O, 
B-R-A-C-E-L-E-T-S dot com. Hi, this is Susan. For my story, Living with Lupus, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other places people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors, too. So you can get paid to podcast. So, if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm backslash start. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M backslash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm backslash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. You know, I had a discussion with my sister after seeing the doctor. She went with me. And she was speaking on what he said about the quality of life. She stated, how could doctors and medical community state what is the quality of life for an individual? And As she was talking, I was thinking, and I told her, I said, when I see out here in the community and in different cities, um, people walking around, and I wonder to myself, what do they consider quality of life? Do they have a true quality of life? And I told her, I think about the socioeconomic factor in all of this. And I asked my sister, I said, when I go into the pharmacy and I see someone especially an older individual who can't get their medication. And my sister said, what do you do? I said, you know what I do. I pay for it. Because, see, they're making a choice of either getting their medication and not eating or getting their medication and not paying a bill or they don't have enough money to get the medication or to do anything else. And I say, I pay for it. And they, the individual usually turns around and say, God would bless you because I was going to tell them to put the medication back because I cannot afford it. Or if I got it, that meant I wouldn't be able to buy any groceries. I've been in the store and see where an individual 
would say, I don't have enough money for this. I can't get that. And I'll tell the cashier, just go on and give it to her. I'll pay for it. What type of quality of life is that? Now, when it comes to me thinking from a medical standpoint, I want to see a quality of life for everyone, from those who are suffering with a mental illness, suffering from a chronic illness, all across the board. How can you make that quality of life better for that person? Doctors really have to talk to their patients about if a patient tells you I can't afford that medication you give them samples of the medication and then tell them on their next visit you'll get some more but why not ask them how are things in the home how is your quality of life at home What are you doing socially? Find out their religious beliefs, their values. And if you see that a patient is lacking in something, why not find a resource to help the patients along? That would make their quality of life better And also, they would be more adherent to doing what the doctors tell them to do. Whenever it comes down to you have to break a pill in half because you don't have the funds to get a medication so you make that medication last longer. That's not quality of life. Like I stated previously, you have to look at everything when you're dealing with patients. Quality of life means different things to different individuals. Now, When you are diagnosed with a chronic illness such as lupus, yes, your quality of life changes based on the fact of how lupus attacks the body. You may become depressed where you're trying to figure out what in the world is going on. You don't want to socialize anymore. You lose your job. You lose your faith. Um, people don't un- around you don't understand what you're going through. So your quality of life changes. And during that time, you have to apply for disability. And you wait, and you wait, and you wait. Maybe a year, maybe six months, maybe nine, ten, eleven months. Before you finally hear about your disability. But in between that time, You're worrying about bills. How are you going to pay your bills? Car note, mortgage, rent, health insurance. You may lose your health insurance. So your quality of life deteriorates. But do your physicians ask you, During this time, 
How is your quality of life? Do they? Or do they just ask you, Miss So-and-so, Mr. So-and-so, how you doing today? What's the problem today? Okay, here's your script. See you next visit. So, you have to think about that. Yes, your quality of life changes. You have a new normal now. You're worrying about how you're going to eat, what about your kids, and all of that. So the quality of life at that point sucks because you're dealing with your health issues, you're dealing with your home issues, you're dealing with your children issues, you're dealing with your bill issues, and you go on. 1.7 million people die of chronic disease each year in the United States. Additionally, approximately 80% of older adults have at least one chronic illness. And at least 50% have at least two. Unfortunately, chronic conditions may lead to pain and disability which may result in a lower quality of life. The list of chronic illnesses is extensive, but some are diabetes, cancer, obesity, AIDS. The healthcare cost of individuals with chronic diseases accounts for over 75% of the nation's medical care costs. Quality of life is a term used to describe different parts of an individual's health and well-being, including physical, mental, psychological, and social components. The goal of health assessment is to promote well-being. But are they really promoting well-being or are they just writing that script and giving it to you to take to the pharmacy and saying, okay, I'll see you next visit. Have you ever really took the time and thought about the subject of the quality of your life, what do you deem the quality of life to be for you? Have you given up hope? But don't, don't give up hope. You have to get up and change your mindset regardless of what chronic illness you have. If you change your mindset, things will be much better. Never give up hope hope on what you're going through. Yes, dealing with a chronic illness is hard. Yes, the quality of your life changes drastically. And people don't understand that with individuals with a chronic illness. That your quality of life changes drastically. Henry Long, the author of Positive Energy 24-7. You can purchase an autographed copy of his motivational book, and you can also purchase the ebook version at writepath247.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-P-A-T-H. 
www.rightpath247.com. You can also follow him on Instagram at rightpath247. Now, when you're dealing with this subject, the quality of life, you have to look at the philosophical and the ethical dimensions. Quality of of life is almost always controversial. The basic idea behind the concept of the quality of life is that some characteristics of the person and his or her surrounding environment are better than others from the point of view of the human good or human flourishing. Now, despite its difficulty and frequent lack of clarity, the concept of quality of life seems to be an indispensable one, particularly in the domain of health care and social service. Now, we all know this subject is controversial, but the source of controversy, one school of thought in philosophy and ethics hold the concept of quality of life should not be used because it undermines the intrinsic dignity and worth of human life. Something, human life, is being evaluated that should not be evaluated. Human life is valuable for its own sake and not merely as a means for something else. The term quality of life seems to imply that life is not intrinsically worthy of respect, but can have greater or lesser value according to its circumstances. In addition to those who regard all talk about the quality of life as an affront to the inherent dignity of the human person, objections to the term also come from the disability rights community. From this perspective, the notion of quality of life is part of a broader normalizing ideology. In the mainstream culture and works to the deteriorate of persons with disability by stigmatization and discrimination against them. Now, you may ask, well, to what does quality of life refer? If we pay close attention to the different ways in which the concept of quality of life is used in healthcare, it is possible to make one's way successfully through this semantic minefield. In order to do so, it is important to distinguish four senses of the notion of quality of life. Quality of life as a property of the individual. By that, I mean first, The notion of quality of life is used to refer to some characteristics or state of being of the individual. A quality of life, now whether good or poor, is something one has or possesses, much as one has a physical characteristic or an occupation. Understood. In this way, one's quality of life is not essential to one's identity or self-esteem. As such, it has no straightforward moral significance. A poor quality of life due to ill health, loss of a job, 
or breakdown in a personal relationship or the like is not necessarily a sign of a person's moral failing. And it says nothing about the intrinsic value of life as such or even about the moral value of that particular life at that particular time. Quality of life as a goal of care. This is a second common meaning of quality of life, defines it as a goal of care, the moral point of our dealing with another. Whether the situation be health care or some other form of relationship is to sustain and improve the quality of life. In this sense, quality of life becomes a benchmark to guide human activity and a concept of assessment and evaluation. But notice that the evaluation here is directed primarily at the caregiver and the caregiving process, not at the recipient of care who partakes of the quality of life achieved but is not judged by it. Moreover, the quality of life can be thought of as an interaction between the person and his or her surrounding circumstances, including other people. Thus, understood as a goal or an outcome of care, an improved quality of life may be changed for the better in the person's symptoms or perceptions, or it may be a change in a person's relationship with his or her environment. Medical care or medical cure, symptom relief, psychological happiness, or social empowerment may all be goals of care as comprehended by the concept of quality of life. Now, quality of life as a social situation. Quality of life may refer to the state of interaction between an individual and his or her social and physical environment. Here, a certain quality of life is not a property of the individual per se, but a function of that individual's form of life. So understood a low quality of life assessment does not necessarily suggest a negative evaluation of the person or his worth. It can equally well imply a critical evaluation of the person's environment and indicate ways in which that environment could be changed so as to enhance the quality of life according to some scale of norms such as justice, freedom, health, happiness, and the like. Quality of life as a moral worth of life. It must be acknowledged that the term quality of life is sometimes used to refer to the moral worth or value of a person in his and her life. Pushed to its logical extreme, this understanding of the quality of life takes us to the infamous Nazi concept of life worthy, unworthy, I'm sorry, of life, 
which was used to rationalize everything from active euthanasia of those with disability to the genocidal death camps. To say that a person has no quality of life or a very low quality of life is to say that prolonging this person's life has no moral significance either to the person himself or society. The philosophical theories of the quality of life are systematic accounts that can be used to provide a foundation for our beliefs and to sort out those ideas that should be held with rational conviction from those that should be discarded. Thus, a philosophical theory of quality of life is an account of what makes human life worth living and an attempt to single out those fundamental elements of human experience or the human condition that provide the content for such an account. Now, in the history of philosophy, there are, of course, innumerable such accounts presented as each philosopher explicit his or her preferred account of the human good. Most of these theories fall into the following three categories. Hedonic theories identify quality of life with states of awareness, consciousness, or experience of an individual. Happiness or pleasure. However, those terms are precisely to be defined. This allows for considerable individual variation in assessing good quality of life because different things make different people happy. But it also allows for some kind of common metric, at least on the negative side, because there are seemingly universal negative states of pain or suffering or unhappiness that all normal persons avoid. Rational preference theories is the second type. This defines quality of life in terms of the actual satisfaction or realization of a person's rational desires and preferences. This is much more objective theory than the hedonic account in that a person need not be aware that his or her preferences are being fulfilled or need not take pleasure in that knowledge in order for the quality of his life to be good. It just must be the case that they are being fulfilled in fact. The underlying appeal of theories of this type is the notion that individuals have a good life when the objective state of the world conforms to what they rationally desire. Now there is also theories of human flourishing. This attempt to base our understanding of the good life on an account of those functions, capacities that are most fully human. To 
to the extent that we attain and master those capacities and to the extent that we avoid those conditions that would stunt or undermine those capacities, we flourish as human beings. Theories of this type also usually have a developmental component built into them for those most fully human capacities are ones that are not mastered at birth or automatically expressed by instinct, but must be developed and nurtured by education, interaction with others, and practice over the course of a lifetime. To the extent then that the individual continues to grow and develop throughout his or her life, the quality of life is enhanced thereby. Now, I want to ask you some questions, but before I ask you the questions, don't think, I don't want you to think that I'm anti-medical field. I've worked in the medical field. I'm just anti-BS with the medical field. But I want to ask you some questions. How would you rate your quality of life? How satisfied are you with your health? To what extent do you feel that physical pain prevents you from doing what you need to do? How much do you need any medical treatment to function in your daily life? How much do you enjoy life? To what extent do you feel your life to be meaningful? How well are you able to concentrate? How safe do you feel in your daily life? How healthy is your physical environment? Do you have enough energy for everyday life? Are you able to accept your bodily appearance? Have you enough money to meet your needs? How available to you is the information that you need in your day-to-day life? To what extent do you have the opportunity for leisure activities? How well are you able to get around? How satisfied are you with your sleep? How satisfied are you with your ability to perform your daily living activities? How satisfied are you with your capacity for work? How satisfied are you with yourself? How satisfied are you with the support you get from your friends? How satisfied are you with the conditions of your living place? How satisfied are you with your access to health services? How satisfied are you with your transport? And how often do you have negative feelings such as blue mood, despair, anxiety, and depression. 
I want you to take the time and just think about those questions that I asked about the quality of life, your health, and other areas in your life. Take the time and think about it. And if you are unsure about your answers, skip over them and then come back to them after you think about it. If you would like to appear on an episode of My Story Living with Lupus, you can contact us at mystorylivingwithlupus at gmail.com. Also visit us on our Instagram page and also our website, My Story Living with Lupus. A much better way to think about quality of life is to see it as a ceiling, a potential level of functional capacity and capacity for relationships toward which caregiving efforts should be designed to strive. The height of this ceiling will not be the same for everyone. And quality of life is not a test that you fail if you don't reach a certain height. But the important point is that quality of life should be used as a teleological concept, setting a goal to reach and a process to reach it, rather than as a prioritizing concept setting a rank order for all the allocations of scarce resources. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you found it informative. I hope I gave you something to think about when we're talking about the quality of life. Remember this. Remember that the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your thoughts. I'm Susan Hendricks, and I'll see you next time on My Story, Living with Lupus. Have a great Easter weekend. The views and opinions expressed on My Story Living with Lupus podcast are each individual's experience. By listening to this podcast or reading our blog, you agree not to use this podcast or blog as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. As always, consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having.